James Sicily, Blake Hardwick, Harry Morrison, Mitch Lewis, James Warple, Dylan Moore, amongst others. These are some of the draft gems that the Hawks have got with picks higher than 40 throughout the years. And with a gluttony of picks in this range in the 2022 AFL National Draft, we have called upon Talking Hawks' very own draft expert to lead us through. Let's have a chat. Welcome to the Talking Hawks podcast. I am Smithy, your host for the day. We're here to connect Hawks fans all around the globe. So please like the podcast, give us a follow, rate, all that good stuff. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and our Twitter at Talking Hawks. But today we're going to look at some of the draft sleepers, some players that could go in the 40s. The Hawks have a lot of picks, so we've called upon Daz. He's here. He's our draft guru. How are you, mate? Mate, I'm going well, thank you. And geez, having you slotted into the host chair beautifully, just quietly. It uh, feels weird to be on this part of the desk. But yes, the Hawks, as we sit here right now at the time of recording, the draft order can't change till draft night, which works for us when it comes to the draft content. Currently contain, as we know, 6 and 24, and we'll talk about those another day, but currently a 41, 48, 50, and 52. And yes, Hawthorne fans, don't sweat. We do suspect that we will move up in the draft on draft night. However, all four of these picks are not going to leave us. We are going to have one, potentially two, even if we do take Jerome Lawrence at pick 65. So considering that possibility, there could be one of two guys we could sleep on, and that is entirely the theme, and I can't wait for it. Yeah, and as we know with the mainstream draft talk, a lot of the focus goes on the top guys. You know, you you see we will have heard about all the kids that we could take at six. We will have heard about a lot of the kids we could take at 24. But these guys in the 40s, and as I said off the top with those players I named, these can be the pieces that you take in the draft that can lead you to be contenders because if every team nails their best first pick well then it's an even draft but it's the teams that can nail the ends of the draft and the rookie drafts that really come out so it's important for the hawks to nail this we have in the past so i'm looking forward to seeing who you put a light on today daz yeah, spot on. And you look at Collingwood from 17th to 2nd. They've probably been, along with us, the kings of the mid-season draft as well with Ash Johnson and these guys yeah. that they've brought in as well. So, yeah, don't underestimate the power of a, a late pick. Now, I know that some of us at Talking Hawks here have different philosophies, mate, about the draft. I am a believer that your first two rounds usually are, are made for guys that you need, not what you want. If you're a decent enough team, there are teams out there, and we're not going to hear to pot other footy clubs that are just going to need to take the best talent. And that's understandable. But if you are building a list, which we know Sam Mitchell is, I think we're going to target what we need first. Once you hit the 40s, I'm a big believer in best available talent. Because like you said, maybe these guys that we drafted at the time weren't positional needs, but they've turned out to be really good for us. So that's kind of the theme today. Some guys that I think will be around that mark that could suit our list. They don't need to play round one. We might already have some depth in that position, but you never know. That's kind of what 40 plus becomes. Yeah, and I think James Sisley is the perfect example of what you just spoke about. We drafted him as that third tall and we drafted him because he was the best talent available. He might not have fitted what we needed because we had Jack Gunston in that role, but we saw the turnaround to him become a defense, a defensive player. And 
He's now an All-Australian candidate, most likely to become the captain of the club, and he was drafted pick 56. So it's important to get on top of this. So what we've done today, Daz, is you've sent me through a list of a few players you'd like to talk about. We're just going to go through one by one. You're going to give the fans a little bit of an insight into these players, what they're good at, where they're from, how they could impact the Hawks. And we'll go through and maybe at the end, you'll give us a bit of a power ranking. So I'm looking forward to that. But are you ready to go? Mate, born ready. Let's do it. I'm looking forward to it. All right. So the first person that Daz has wanted to put his spotlight on is Noah Long from the Bendigo Pioneers. Yeah, spot on. So it's seeming like we're going to take a mid forward with one of the first two picks now, whether that is a a Bailey Humphrey, if you will, at pick six, or whether we try to trade up to GWS's pick 19 and we could, you know, just Braden George slip through there or any of these types. Noah Long is a mid forward. So would you be taking two with your first three selections? Maybe, maybe not. But I've seen a little bit of this kid uh, video wise as well. He's a smooth mover. I know it. You don't really want player comparisons, and I'm not saying now, and it's got nothing to do with his behavior, but 18-year-old Jordan Dugowie and Noah Long look so similar to me. Again, hopefully character-wise, he turns out a little bit better as he's younger. He isn't the most consistent performer. Again, that's what you're getting at pick 40. We're not expecting superstars everywhere, but it is all about the development. This kid's burst of speed and ability to finish on the run, Smid, which is, I know, something you look for in all good draft players. You love it about your man, Ollie Hotton. This kid has got it in spades. His ability to clean, uh, pick up the ball below his knees, be clean, run to 50 and slam it through. I love everything about it. I know we've got Ned Long as well, so a couple of long, couple of N Longs in the side would be pretty interesting, but there's just something about this guy. I do think he is going to be off the board at this point. He is the guy that I'm kind of hoping slides to the Hawks. You know, you look at a St. Kilda or a Carlton that might look at this type of guy as a development piece, but if he's there... At the Hawks pick 41, I think we would be silly not to scribble his name down and sprint towards Gill and call his name out. The raw talent is there, and I think Sam Mitchell's the right coach to develop someone like that. Ultra clean. Uh, Noah Long was very good for the Bendigo Pioneers this year in the NAB League when he got going. Well, you don't have to look too far back in the draft history to see people sliding to the 40s. We saw, obviously, Arlo Draper last year, who was a first-round pick in a lot of mock drafts right before the draft, and he slid deep into the 40s and ended up going to Collingwood. So uh, more than possible that Noah can slide. And gee, if the Jordan Dugowie comparison can be anything alike in terms of footballing ability, it would be a home run in the 40s, that's for sure. Next player that Daz wants to have a look at is Jason Gilby from the Bendigo Pioneers. Yeah, well, if we can't get one Bendigo Pioneer, what about another? Now, this guy is a genuine winger. And I know that we just got Carl Amon in the door. Harry Morrison's developed there. I know all that. This guy came second to Ollie Hollands in the 2K time trial. We know that Sam Mitchell wants endurance athletes in the side. We look at Will Day. We were all crying out for Will. I know he had an interrupted preseason to to put maybe a couple of kilos on, but it was all about his aerobic capacity, and he was covering the ground quite well. Ollie Hollands is a freak runner, so... For Gilby to come second is an outrageous achievement. He's also a wingman that works defensively as well. He's got that ability to push back, create a seventh option for the defense, and is able to run the ball out. He is a pretty nice kick as well. I haven't seen a lot of him on his opposite foot, even though that is tested quite a lot throughout the NAB League. 
but he fits the mold as a genuine outside player, footy smarts, and according to a couple of reports, interviewed really well at a couple of clubs too. So if you're looking for a good player, a good kid, and someone who we could bring in, trial in the Box Hill system and see where he fits in the almost gluttony of outside players, I think it would be foolhardy to look past him. Probably unlikely at 41, but he could definitely be there at 48, 50, or 52. And when you're at that pick, uh, why not have a swing? So Jason Gilby, a name to keep an eye out on. Yeah, definitely a, a name to keep an eye on. And as you mentioned, with Carl Amon coming through the door, Harry Morrison and Jack Scrimshaw even mentioning in our interview that is up on Talking Hawks that he might be playing a bit more time up on the wing. Uh, there's definitely some good depth there, but it sounds like an exciting young prospect for sure. We go out west now for our next pick. And we know that Daz likes his Western Australian players. Look at Matty Roberts last year. Jeez, the man crush is serious. But uh, oh, yeah. I wonder if this guy can be as loved by Daz, and hopefully he ends up in the brown and gold. His name is Jed Hagen from East Fremantle. Yeah, uh, Jed. Now, you talk about player comparison, Smithy. If we go outside of the Hawks range, you know Zach Butters is my man outside of the Hawks. Yep. I Absolutely. would argue that Le- I would argue that Liam Baker is second, and this kid is Liam Baker for me. I still don't know what his best position is yet, but at pick 48 or 50 or 52, that doesn't matter. That goes out the window. We'll figure it out. That's the point of the pick, of course. Look at Sicily, like you mentioned. Blake Hardwick won the NAB League goal kicking. He's now the best back pocket in the league. Pure back pocket, you could say. Um, but yeah, this kid can do it all. His Colts form was outrageous. His last two games before he got promoted, 21 touches and 10 tackles. Yes, please. Uh, He had 20 touches, nine tackles, and a goal. He played a bit more half forward that day. His league debut, the waffle, the big stuff. Yeah, no worries for him, mate. 20 touches, five tackles, four marks, two goals, and he attended the last center bounce that game as well and got the clearance. Now, he's a little bit uh, quieter after that, to be honest, but you're finding your feet at waffle level. They threw him around everywhere east from Anil. But if we can just figure out where this kid sits, this could be excitement personified. At this stage, I think half forward flanks his go. I know we've got a lot of them, but I mean, Richmond drafted Liam Baker as a pure back pocket and he's won them games inside 50. He's won clearances. He's gone to a wing and can do a bit of everything. I'm not saying he's Sean Burgoyne-like, but for the guy that we could throw around everywhere... That's what this kid can do. We could put him in a few different spots, figure it out. And if he's one-tenth of Silk, I will take that in a heartbeat. Yeah, and I'll, I'll get you to touch on the the waffle thing because I know you're pretty passionate about people sort of discrediting the level of waffle cults. Um, yep. And, you know, you see these kids put up big numbers in the waffle cults and they get degraded by the big draft gurus in the main corporations. Why do you disagree with that? Well, it's it's as simple as so. Sandful doesn't cop it because they've got an under 18s competition, a reserves, and then seniors. So that sort of makes sense. We've got the NAB League, VFL, AFL. Not many guys are getting drafted out of the VFL. That's probably a conversation uh, for another day. There's a good kid at Port Melbourne who was he's probably going to get picked up later in the draft or as a rookie, which will be fantastic. But yeah, I think Colts goes under the radar because it's not called the under 18s. So there are still senior bodies around at Colts level. But I think because it's got the term of it's a third tier competition rather than an age restriction, it does get put aside. These guys are still 17, 18, 19, 20 years old that are coming up against guys 
for the most part, their age or older than them. And to put up numbers like that, we saw Denver's Colts numbers before he went up to, to league, of course, and was playing against Logan McDonald and was comprehensively beating him, which is why we took him uh, as the pick six a couple of years ago. I just, to all the people out there that are looking at numbers, Colts isn't like C grade, for example, if you're looking at cricket. It is still the competition that we should be judging like NAB League and like Sandful under-18s. His numbers stack up, and I think he is going to be the kind of guy that if clubs don't know where they can put him, they might forget about him in a way. And I think if we don't pick him up, they might actually do a, a Liam Baker 2.0 and Richmond take him with their first pick at 53, and I'm not having that. Yeah, I love it. Love everything about it. And I spoke about your love for WA prospects, but... I think your love for South Australian prospects could be even more. Uh, you've spoken about Mateus Philippou a lot on this podcast platform, but we're looking at the sleepers. And today, Adam Diaola from Woodville West Torrens is the next one in your sights. Yeah, it might just be Woodville West Torrens players because that's what Mateus is as well. So it could just be that little pocket. Uh, although, you know, maybe less so the Hawks fans because I've only written about him once, but Kobe Ryan from West Adelaide, I'm a, I'm a fan of as well. Uh, who, who doesn't make the list, but he can have a shout out because he's a beautiful uh, user of the footy, even if he's on a, the small side. But Adam here, it, it's remarkable this because you see guys that come through the ranks and it's the breakout performers tend to go up draft boards. And this isn't a new concept to anyone out there. I understand, but you know, if guys have, you know, look at Harry Sheasel, for example, he was, I think 10th maybe in the first sort of uh, phantom draft rankings throughout the traps. And he shot up to three because, you know, when you're having 31 and kicking four goals, five, I mean, no wonder the, the problem, if you want to call it that is that Adam D he just, he didn't have a breakout game but he didn't have a poor one either. Ultra consistent two-way contested midfielder. He does his best work at the contest. Yes, Hawks fans, before you comment, we do have those. I understand that. But is he a need? Potentially not. Again, at pick 48, are you really going to complain? He's a model of consistency. And again, I'll do the player comparison for you, mate, and I'll stick it to the Hawks as well. Liam Shields, who wasn't a contested beast at all, but if you want someone to do the defensive grunt and the dirty work, we saw Jai Newcomb's tackles come down because he found more of the footy over time, which is to be expected. But when he's, you're averaging 23 touches in seven reserves games, seven and a half tackles, over six clearances, over four marks, over four inside 50s as well. He's probably the best handballer in the league uh, in the sample at the moment. His ability to see the ground by hand is fantastic. He's a tidy kick as well. And his set shot, although he didn't have a lot of them in the carnival, um, he's still really solid as well. He was South Australia's MVP. I think he was in their leadership group as well. So he just seems like the upstanding character and a well-rounded footballer that would fit most clubs. And yes, he may not have a, a trick just yet, but at that peak, if you can get someone of his quality in the door, I honestly think it's a win and we can see how he goes. Screams James Warpool, Geelong Falcons a few years ago to me by the sounds of it, Daz. Uh, yeah, it could actually. That's a good good comparison by you. Yeah, so that's that's what it sounds like to me. And, and if so, that'd be a very good pick. Second last player we've got on the list here is James Van S from the Greater Western Victoria Rebels. Yeah, we sure do. And he's a centre-half back. So again, before, <laughs> before we kick up a storm, we don't need them. Yes, I understand that. Sam Frost, he's still only 29 Frosty, or I think he will be at the start of round one. So by no means old. But my question here is, is Emerson Jekka going to be that guy? At this stage, we're not sure. And he's out of contract at the end of the year. Uh, is Denver a centre-half back, or is he going to be an intercept defender? I'm still not 
100% sure or sold on either yet. Now, hopefully uh, he develops and we can see that. But James Van S for mine is a stopper first and foremost. So the, the draft gurus are falling in love with Lewis Hayes. Rightly so. He's the best stopper defender in this draft. So I've got no qualm with that. Josh Weddle is your intercept beast. He's your guy that can float across the mark, you know, hoping for a Darcy Moore type. But of course, Darcy Moore ranked fourth in the competition for conceding goals in one-on-one contests. Is the intercept possession really worth that? Now, Darcy Moore's talent, you might say, yes, Collingwood in a very good position at the moment. But I look at the Jacob Wiederings and the Stephen Mays of the world as pure stoppers, and that's why they're some of the best in the league. Harris Andrews, before he forgot how to play football in the last two years, which was a really interesting strategy from Harris there, even though he is my man. This guy will stop his opponent, doesn't try to do too much, and his hands are beautiful. I honestly would rate him above a lot of these players in terms of contested marking. He's going to take time. He's going to need to put on size. But considering we've got these young key position players that are coming out of contract at the end of the year, do you start now to replenish and take a look? I think he would be worth a look at that point, especially considering there are a lot of clubs around our pick that are going to want key defenders as well. So if we can have the the double of development and maybe sticking it up to a few in the 50s, win-win for me. And he was very good for the Rebels in a pretty disappointing year for Greater Western Victoria. Yeah, and he actually uh, came first in the standing vertical jump. So we know he's got the athletic traits about him. Maybe he could take a few years to develop with some coaching and then see the field later on. I don't mind it at all. The last player, some fans might be aware of the guy because he's in no academy, but uh, it's Cooper Vickery from the Gippsland Power. Yeah, the uh, dominant Gippsland Power for the first part of the NAB League for sure and, of course, continued on very, very nicely. So he's likely to be picked up the Hawks. He'll slip past 40. I've got no doubt about that, and that's not a knock on his talent. You just There are some guys that were around that sort of nugget range, if you will, that are going to move up into the late 20s, early 30s with, with big finishes to the season. He's an outside player. He looks more comfortable at halfback. We've got a gluttony of those. He averaged 17 and a half touches for the Gippsland Power. So nothing to qualm at there at all. He had a back-to-back 26 and 25 disposal games with nine rebound 50s in each. So he did know how to find the footy. He's a pretty good user of the pill as well. He is only 72 kilos, so we're not going to see him throughout uh, 2023 unless things go disastrously wrong in the medical room given the depth down there, but considering he's in our next generation, uh, reportedly a really, really good kid as well, which we love to see, although not many reports are coming out about the bad ones, if I'm being completely honest. But uh, if you've got their character, the Hawks have had a good look at him and, you know, we've seen guys change positions from where they were in their draft year. So I expect Cooper Vickery to be picked up by the Hawks. What we do with him, it's kind of relatively unknown right now, but there's some good highlights of him on Twitter and a beautiful running goal from about 40, 45 out as well with a nice sidestep. So he could have some tricks, this kid, and one that I think we should expect out of all these to be in the brown and gold. Fantastic. It's been a comprehensive wrap. Could you quickly give the fans and the listeners a bit of a power ranking? So rank these prospects from best to worst on pure talent. On on pure talent. Oh, okay. On so I still talent. think Noah Long. Yeah, Noah Long's still the best kid here for mine uh, at one. Uh, again, most likely to slide, so I'll put that there. I'm going to put James Van Ness as two. I just – and that's – if you're a, a – a fan out there who does love their intercept defenders, I can completely understand if you think this is too high. But for a stopper, again, I would take Jacob Wiedering over Darcy Moore in the game of footy for mine. Um, between those two, that's the reason why he's two. I'm going to put Jed Hagen at three. The excitement package uh, is just 
too much. He's just going to be a gun, this guy. I'm going to put Adam D at fourth. The consistency as well shouldn't go under the radar. Jason Gilby at five for mine, just for the pure endurance. And Cooper Vickery at six. I'm not saying he's the worst out of this bunch. I've seen him the least, and we've got depth in that position. Pure talent. He looks like he could have some tricks, but I think he would take the longest to develop. So that's the reason alone. By no means am I saying he's not a good footballer, but that would probably be my off-the-cuff power rankings there, my friend. Thanks for that, Daz. And there it is, a 20-minute rundown on some potential draft gems to come into the brown and gold. We've got to give Daz a massive thank you. He puts a lot of work into his draft content, both for Talking Hawks and in his own personal endeavors. Uh, Do you want to plug the YouTube channel real quick, Daz? Oh, sure can, mate. Uh, yeah, Daz Talks Footy on YouTube. It can get a little bit loose over there. So if you're expecting uh, 100% of the same character from Daz, you might be a little bit surprised. Nothing uh, too silly, of course. But yeah, the draft content heating up. Uh, I'll be dropping my complete top 40 uh, by the time you're listening uh, in just a few hours' time. So if you're subscribed and you click that bell button, you'll get notified straight away. Top four, it's insane. The machinations are incredible. So if you could... Uh, Give a like, give a subscribe. I'd really appreciate it, of course, as well as Talking Hawks. Yeah, the Talking Hawks YouTube channel on the road to a 1,000 subscribers getting ever so close. Go check out the Jack Scrimshaw interview, which went live last night as time of recording. It was a fantastic interview with a fantastic man. That is Jack. So follow the YouTube, rate, review this podcast, subscribe, and Follow us on Twitter at Talking Hawks. That's where you find all your Talking Hawks content. Uh, So thanks for listening to this podcast. And until the next time, go the Hawks.